0: Hello, I'm Steve. Thank you for being here and welcome to the Master Your Life podcast where we discuss topics that can help you to take control of your life. So for this episode, I'm going to talk about my experiences behind or around that big, big question. What do you want to do with your life? So My earliest recollection of this topic, this question was as a kid, as most people are, to be honest, most people's recollection are, to be honest, what do you want to do with your life? Well, I wanted to be a pilot. I wanted to fly the biggest jet around the world, a load of people, take them to holiday on holiday and stuff like that. That's what I wanted to do. I was told quite at a young age that I wasn't going to be able to do that because I was colourblind. I know, weird. But yeah, I was colorblind. And if I was told to push the green button and I accidentally pushed the red button, the plane would blow up and everyone would die. So I would suck at being a pilot because I'm colorblind. Yeah, I know, right? Limited thoughts and beliefs. There's a whole episode on that just right there. But there you go. That's what I was told. And that's what uh, I didn't pursue. I didn't pursue a life as a pilot. No, maybe I could have done. Maybe I could have done. Don't know. So I have been all sorts of things in my life that I thought was part of my identity. And I suppose I made these choices based on, I don't know, practical reasons of what I was doing for that time of my life. So, for example, I had a whole pilot thing. I wanted to be a pilot when I grew up. and That's what I wanted to do. Then, for a very brief time, I know it sounds really quite strange, but I actually wanted to be a model. Um, Did a tiny bit of modelling. One or two shoots, and I thought this is what I could be. I could be a model, Um, and that didn't work out for various reasons. Then I got into uh, BMX racing and BMX freestyle, and I thought this is something I could really do. I could just get stoned and ride BMX all day every day travel the world do that and to be honest I was pretty good at it I was pretty quick I won a few races and I won a few freestyle competitions and I was pretty good at it but I suffered an injury I think I broke my collarbone Um, and I was at college at the time so I needed to um, well grow up not not my words not my words I can assure you but I, I needed to quote unquote grow up um, then I went to college, but not before, uh, sorry. So that, that's why I was, whilst I was at college. Um, and the reason why I was at college is because the foster carers that I was with at the time said, you need to go into the army. You may have heard me mention this in a couple of episodes ago. You need to go into the army. So I was training and I was going to college to get the, the very basic qualifications that I needed to then go on to a higher course which would have ended up me as uh, being in the army and what I wanted to do more specifically in the army was be a logistics driver you know I've, I've talked about it in the past now but previous episodes about one not wanting to be shouted at and not wanting to get my hair cut I mean that's pretty much my day-to-day life as it was as a teenager anyway but I didn't fancy that so I did once I did the the, the foundation course that would have got me into the national diploma for public services I then decided to take a little route out and I Went down the route of tree surgery and countryside management. And um, I got my climbing certificate. I got my chainsaw certificate, brush cutting, hedge laying, fencing. With that, I did tractor driving, um, tractor maintenance. Ah, the whole caboodle. I absolutely loved the countryside management aspect of... that that course absolutely loved it in fact i took up a career in that so i became a tree surgeon i know right so i became a tree surgeon for a little while i was on great money i we all I, it was a great job got to work in some great locations all in the uk but still some beautiful properties we worked out with this tree surgery we all got given vehicles and we were working with this uh, this guy who started his own business. Um, he gave up in the end. Well, he didn't give up. He made enough money. Basically, he was successful enough that he wanted to sell the business and move abroad. And that's exactly what he did. So, you know, I tip my hat to you, sir. You, um, you did what you wanted to do. And you did what you set out to do. Congratulations. But that did all leave us kind of like, Meh. what do I do with my life? So then I fell back onto the... Um, The residential home. So I didn't mention previous that whilst I was at school, I actually had a job washing dishes in a residential home. So I went back to the residential home after this because I knew that, that I had contacts there and I knew that it was at least paid work. So I went there started washing dishes again, then I got out of the kitchen and started working in with the residents themselves and I thought, right, that's it, I can do this, this is great, I found my calling, I kind of love old people, yeah, old people are great, they're funny, they tell great jokes and stuff, it's also quite a depressing industry and I felt like I wanted to give a little bit more, I felt like what I was giving was well, I don't want to say empty, but I just, I felt, I didn't feel fulfilled. I didn't feel like my job was fulfilled there, but I still really, really enjoyed my job. And I climbed up through the ranks in that industry. I started off as a dishwasher and I ended up as head carer of, uh, an EMI unit. So that is the, um, the, the, the unit where the Alzheimer's and dementia, um, residents live. And I was ahead of that, ahead of that unit. And I was, I had staff that, were, that I had to uh, organise and sort out for the day and do meds and do timesheets and things like that. And that was great. That was awesome, awesome, awesome fun. Well, then one thing led to another, you know, in my lifestyle, it's, you know, pretty ch- checkered, if you haven't gathered by now from previous episodes. Uh, so that job, I, I was let go from that job. And I started working in a... Well, I guess it was a petting zoo. It was a small animal park type zoo. And I had some very basic tasks of looking after the animals. And I thought, well, the animals are all well and good, but I'm quite I'm quite hands on. And if there's something broken, I'd like to go fix it. So I became janitor. So I was janitor. So I swept, cut the cut the grass, repaired the enclosures, did all that kind of like, I don't know, stuff yeah, and I really enjoyed that, and I became respected in that industry, and that was really good fun, I was like, yeah, no, this is, I really feel like I've found my feet now, this is where I can be, this is where I can do, but no, so that's when my lifestyle kind of took a really bad turn for things, you know, my lifestyle was running a parallel to my work life, you know, and I was this functioning kind of like um, addict, if you like, you know, it's, it's no secret. So I took a step away from... Well, no. I, I didn't take a step away from work. I stopped working altogether whilst I was on the streets, did the rehab thing, did all that. Came back out, found myself a job at a supermarket. And I was like, well, you know, this is okay. I'm now I'm now drug-free. I'm now drink-free. I'm clean. I'm clear. And all this good stuff. And I ended up stacking shelves. And I was stacking shelves and I, I was mopping the floors and I was taking real, real pride in my aisle in this supermarket and i can't tell you the pride uh, the genuine pride i felt um i had in this particular aisle in this particular supermarket i loved that job i was clean i was clear i went to to work in shiny shoes you know that that sort of that sort of pride from the streets to going to work in shiny shoes i thought i'd made it i thought that was hot shit it was great but I had a boss that I didn't like and he didn't like me and there was a clash there and it was like, uh, oh yeah, I'm just a number. I, I'm i not really fulfilling my true potential here. I've got to get out of here. So I ended up working in a bike shop. Now, I've mentioned previously that biking, cycling has been a uh, hobby of mine since I was younger. So now am I, what am I, I'm not really keeping up uh keeping you up to date with my age here. But so how old was I when I got that job? Perhaps 24. So here I or 24, 25, 26. So here I am. I'm now working Saturdays in a bike shop. And I was basically the T-boy. Yeah, you start when you start a new industry, uh, no matter how keen you are, you start somewhere and you've got to start at the bottom. You can't go in at the top. You gotta to start at the bottom. So I was the T-boy. I made a tea, I made a killer cup of coffee, you know, nobody dipped that, that green tea tea bag like I did, you know, I made the best tea, they were all fed and watered, and that was all good, my job done, and I kind of wanted a bit more, so I then became a trainee mechanic over the weekends in this local bike shop, and that was great, loved it, and I had the people experience aspect from, from, um, well, just being a general people people person and working with the elderly and whatnot. So I had that experience. I had that, those people skills and I was able to, to work on sales in this retail environment and in the supermarket. So that means that when I had the bike shop, it kind of all kind of in a weird way kind of came together. So that was fine. That was good. Loved what I did. I wanted more hours so then I became a... Um, <clears throat> full-time uh, mechanic in this cycle shop i mean these bikes just weren't just like the you know like a 50 pound bike you know get you to a and b thing these bikes were i mean they were shit hot there were some really uh, quite amazing bikes first time i've ever handled a carbon fiber bike um but i was built I, I i was building these bikes and i was learning how to build these bikes learning how to look after these bikes and serving customers with these really really exotic bikes and i was talking to athletes who had traveled all around europe all around the world competing it in a mega high level like the top of their game and these guys were like really really inspiring and girls in fact all genders in these sports are athletes serious serious athletes serious dedication to their industry and their sport so i did that then i became qualified at that so now i had the piece of paper that said that i could work on on shit hot bikes pardon my language but yeah i could and I had the skills to, to back this piece of paper as well. And I became really, really efficient at building and servicing bikes to a very, very high standard. Then that company went bust. Uh, so I went, I moved to another local not because I qualified to head mechanic. That's not why it went bust. Just before you think that. No, I know. Um, so I then went to another local bike shop and they were really keen to take me on because they'd heard from me. And how successful I was in the other bike shops. They took me on. And unfortunately, there is a little bit of a, a trend performing in that particular... Uh, uh, trend forming in that particular town with bike shops. Because unfortunately, through other poor decisions of the owner of the business. And just the industry in itself. Yeah, that, that business went bust. Nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with me. But yeah, the business went bust. So then I was scouted by... Because I, I was then cycling for a... Um, Pretty top class regional team at the time. We, we'd we won several cups and, you know, this league that was for the for the area. And I would climbed myself to the top of this particular cycling team. And of course, I had these credentials as this mechanic. So I became the team mechanic. Now, this is now part of my identity. I'm now a shit hot cycle mechanic. And I was able to do um, what was called um, neutral service for these squads, these races of up to 60-odd guys. Like, if somebody had a problem, I would be the one at the back of the race, you know, fixing somebody's puncture, changing a wheel, putting a chain back on, that sort of thing, and getting them back up to speed, getting to join the race. So then I I became manager, shop manager. So it's not workshop manager now. It's a shop manager of this this whole shop. This whole shop was, was like mine to treat as my own, as my baby. And you know what? That went really well. That was going well. I enjoyed it. I feel like I found my... My calling, um, but the job satisfaction just wasn't there and I wasn't respected. My efforts were not respected at all by the boss or my mem- or the other member of staff because who's this guy who's just come along, you know, with all these credentials thinking he could tell me what I wanted, to, what, what I wanted them to do. Well, I mean, it was for the goodness of the company, but there we go. Um, so I left and I left that business, that job to create my own destiny my own dream job of owning my own cycle shop and i did exactly that and i was flat out i was busy we that come that business did it was pretty well but it had it was doing pretty well and it was having all this support from all these local riders who were at the top of their game i built a bike that was um person riding it became eighth in the world at their at their um, discipline, I don't want to give too much away, but they, it was, it was, I saw one of my bikes on TV, I mean, that was pretty, pretty, to, pretty top stuff for me, a, a little lad like me uh, owning this tiny bike shop in a tiny town, in a tiny county, you know, to have their bike on, with their rider on, on, on the television screen, so that was great, that was fantastic, it was, it was, it was, it was a, it was a super experience, and I really enjoyed the bike shop, and I thought, that's it, that's fine, I've got it. I'm supposed to be an entrepreneur. I'm supposed to own a business. There's my calling. That's it. But again, that it didn't go sour, but I wasn't getting the job set. I was working huge amount of our hours, and it was taking a massive toll on my mental health. And I was like, I was like making myself ill. I'll never forget this time where we had all these problems with. with bikes and there was a particular warranty issue with this 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 bike the cycle frame okay and the frame itself was like two and a half thousand pounds which at the time was like it may as well have been a million pounds but we had all sorts of warranty issues with this frame and this this chap this customer wasn't happy of course they weren't happy but i was shouldering all this responsibility and all of this stress and I had this moment once with, with my wife, in those where I was in my workshop, at my shop, uh, the the cycle workshop in the retail shop, and I was like, like my face just like went, I just went all grey, and I felt like like a piece of me inside had just died and like was washed away, like I felt like I would like had some sort of stroke again, and I've had many strokes in the past, and it kind of felt like something maybe similar, but maybe not quite as severe. Well, it certainly wasn't quite as severe. I was like, shit. I've got to get out of here. Yes, I may do what I enjoy, but I now don't enjoy it and it's now I'm working like 90 hours a week and I'm I'm killing myself doing it. So we ended up, my wife started uh, an inter- entertainment business and that entertainment business that my wife started was in fact an escape room. So I don't know if you're familiar with escape rooms, but you essentially, you get an hour, you have a backstory, you start it, Part A and you have to end up at part Z and you have to find and solve all the riddles in between. Fantastic. Really, really good fun. Well, I noticed that she was having more fun than I was. So I still had my bike shop at the time. She had her escape room down the road. And I thought, what? This isn't right. You're having way more job satisfaction than me. It's far more efficient way of running a business. If you can read in between the lines what that means. Um, So I decided, or we decided. I think it was her idea, actually. Yeah, I think it was my wife's idea. She said, how would you feel? about converting your bike shop into two more escape rooms and i was like yep where do i sign when do you want to do it i'll flip the sign now and we can call it a day and that was pretty much it here today gone tomorrow i shut the bike shop down and opened another branch i think it's branch isn't it yeah a branch of our escape room Oh, well (laughs) ah see what i did there what started off as hers ended up as ours hmm So we have now grown our escape room. We now have two venues with uh, four games in. So we had two at at Ground Zero, if you will, and then two in my bike shop premises. Then one thing led to another. Covid happened. All sorts of problems with that building anyway. We moved to a different building. Cut a long story short, we now have six uh, escape rooms In the physical venue, we have a rentable game that was developed throughout COVID. I don't know if you remember COVID. But yes, we developed it throughout COVID. And we've got some online games as well, which are enjoyed um, by a few around the world. Okay, that's a fact. Um, And that's really good. That's really, really good fun. I really enjoy that. It's a hell of a lot of fun. Poses a whole load of confidence issues, all of its own for me, that I got over. And I I now flourish in there. Then... I discovered. Oh, in between that, I've written a book. It's a short. It's called Short Stories for Humans, and it's a really good. It was a technical exercise on my part to figure out whether I had it in me to write a book. So I'm. I published this book. My wife did one as well. So yeah, so two technical exercises on either part of our or both of our parts of writing and publishing books. So we did that, and that was amazing. Um. And then I discovered life coaching. And my life has never been the same. Honestly, it, I know it sounds dramatic, but it really is. Life coaching has changed my life uh, in, in more ways than I ever thought it, it, it would. It's taught me so much about myself already in the short time that I have been a life coach. What I have to offer in terms of life experience, support, compassion and understanding But actually, really, what is truly possible and the massive amounts of potential in others is absolutely mind-blowing. It would be really quite inappropriate for me to delve through the successes of people I've spoken to in the past that I've helped. But the potential in all of us is absolutely mind-blowing and again, I actually really do feel and I do understand what finding your true calling really does mean. I've got all these problems in my in, in the back in my past that I've gone over. And yes, I still a bit and the main one now that I still struggle with, I think, are my speech. Uh, but I still am not letting that one hold me back and I use all of my life experience in my past in supporting other people and i and, and helping them discover their own potential it's a really really eye-opening beautiful industry life coaching and I really do feel like I've found my calling So if you don't know what you want to do with your life right now, it's okay, because it will come and find you. I didn't even know life coaching was a thing until I stumbled across it. I thought I wanted to fly planes for a living and race bikes and look after old people and work in retail, stacking shelves. It's okay. Who knows what they want to do when they're younger anyway? I'm now in my 30s and I'm now just discovering what I want to do with my life. So it's okay. Cut yourself some slack if you don't know what you want to do with your life. You've got time right now. There's going to come a point in time where you don't have the time. But it's okay. Right now, you have time. If you don't know what you want to do in your life, that's okay. The perfect industry is just round the corner. And you know what? If opportunity doesn't knock, maybe you should build a door. Okay, so that's all I've got for you today. I hope you found it useful, um, interesting, uh, or maybe it's just put a smile on your face. Do take care of yourself and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.